Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Amen. Once you stand this morning, you've been standing already. We'd like to honor the reading of God's Word. If you got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. This morning, I want to talk to you about this subject, growing for the future. Growing for the future. This morning, my sermon is going to be a little different if you're used to my, my normal kind of preaching. Um, I, I'm going to do that, but I want you to come back and you can hear a typical sermon. Today, i got a couple of announcements I'll make during my sermon and really looking ahead for what God's doing. So, are you ready to receive the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Hebrews chapter number 11 and beginning with verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We just thank you for this time together. That, Father, we sit and we feast at the table of the Lord. And, Father, I'm thankful that I can always say that you are good. I can always say, I can taste and say, Father, that you love us and care for us. And that I can leave fulfilled. Because you said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, Father, today as we sit and listen, and I just pray that you help us to see what you're doing in us and through us and hear what the Spirit is saying. And Father, we just thank you that we're not just looking at the past, but Father, we believe the best is still yet to come. And we thank you for that. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. High five a few people and say, I'm glad I get to sit by you and you may be seated. I'm holding in front of you today is an instruction manual. For most men in the house, we call this a suggestion book. This is an instruction manual. This was to a gas grill that we bought recently here at the church, and I watched the guys put it together on a Wednesday night, and the thing about these that are good, if you um, want to give up your manhood and look at one of these. One of the, the things about these that are good is that it gives you step-by-step -step instructions. But not only that, you can look at the end and you can see what the whole project is going to look like. Our guys even had an extra advantage that night because we had an older grill we had to replace. And they could go out and look at that older grill and see, okay, I see how this fits. I see where it goes. And this thing gives you step by step exactly what you're supposed to do. And it shows you the beginning and the end. You mean to tell you what this thing is not? This thing is not God. Because you know who did not have one of those? The, the people of faith in the Bible. Noah, build an ark because it's going to rain. Well, God, what does rain look like? I've never seen it rain. 
God, what's going to exactly happen? Noah, here's the instructions. You just build the ark and don't worry about the rest. Joshua, march around Jericho. Well, God, I can walk in a circle, but what's supposed to happen? You don't worry about it. You just do what I've told you to do. And by faith, walk around this wall. Peter, step out of the boat and walk on water. Jesus, there's only been one person in human history that's ever walked on water. And I'm looking at him right now and you're doing it. Nobody else has ever done this. What do you mean step out on water? I'm probably going to sink and I'm not sure how this is going to end. He says, just step out by faith and get out of this boat. Over and over throughout the Bible, people are asked to do things that make no sense, that to the natural doesn't make any kind of sense of what's going on, but they're told to by faith. And then we come to Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, this chapter, and we get to Abraham. And by, the Bible says, the writer of Hebrews says, by faith, Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. I don't know about you guys, but I'm the typical kind of, you know, if we go somewhere, I'm a typical guy, I want to drive. I, mean, I don't have to, but I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to go, I'm going to drive. And, and I tell my wife all the time, because with maps, I like to have it on my phone. Sometimes she'll put it on her phone. I want it on my phone because it connects to my watch and I can see. I want to know where I'm going. I want to see the curve in the road because I'm going to miss it if I don't. I want to know where I'm heading. And so I will look long in advance. If I'm going on a trip somewhere, I will be looking for weeks. Okay, where exactly? am I going I want to see the beginning and I want to see the end and I want to know every step in between and I want to see all that but you know what when God asks us to do something he doesn't always tell us exactly what it's going to look like I want you to step out well God how do I do that you do it by faith you do it by trusting you do it by learning to trust and obey. Obey and trust. Trust and obey. You learn to trust me and you take that one step. And then I'll tell you what's next. And then I'll show you. I'm not going to give you the whole manual. I'm not going to give you everything. I've given you a manual. It's called the Bible. I've given you people in here that you can look at and they can say, take this one step. And Abraham leaves not knowing where he's going. But all he knows is this. You know what? God made me a promise. He's good to his word. And I am going for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep on traveling because I've got faith and I've got God on my side and I'm going to keep on going. Amen? Amen. By faith. Landmark Church um, has, has done that for the last 15 years. Now, we've been, around, we've been around a long time, 100 years, but let me let you in know on the last 15 because that's what I've been a part of. When I started pastoring here, we had... 40 to quickly about 60 people and we began to grow the church began to grow and for four years we sat there we would hover around 90 people could never break a hundred um, we'd get up there a few times but because of the size of our building we could hold 120 people I mean with an overflow room completely packed out and we had 15 parking spots I never forget one Easter people come in and soaking wet because it's raining outside they had to park so far away to walk in we had we had nothing we didn't know what we were gonna do so we began to pray and seek God and for one whole year we prayed and said God Whatever you have for us next, we're going to trust you and believe. And God opened up the door for us to be able to move into this place to buy this for half or $300,000, which was way less than half of what the appraised value was at the time. And in a couple years' time, we were able to pay this off, and we are completely debt-free today, and we are very thankful and grateful for that. 
We wanted to start a Hope Center. Rob's Ranch has been coming here for a long time. I've been going out there for ten, the last 10, this next month will be 10 years that I've been going out there on Monday nights. And so Rob's Ranch was coming and we, and we knew there was the Tanner's House and different people that were doing stuff for men. So we thought, let's do something for women. And so we started to, to get a Hope Center. We had to raise $100,000 to open a Hope Center. And I am not uh, the best fundraiser. There's no fun in raising money to me. And so I don't know who created that word, but it's a terrible word. But, and so I told the guy... Um, he's become a good friend. I was actually this week with him somewhere this week, but his name's Jeremy. And Jeremy, I told Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, give me a year to raise $100,000. We just, I said, our church, God blesses us, but we're just not a super wealthy church. Give me a year and we'll do it. In six weeks' time, we raised $100,000 to open our Hope Center, and we'll celebrate four years in November of God opening our Hope Center and seeing women's lives set free coming out of uh, addiction to alcohol and drugs. So Landmark Church, we've had to, over the years, trust him by faith, one thing at a time. God, I don't know what you're going to do next, but you've been with us before, you're going to be at our next. So here's what I want to tell you this morning. We have a good problem. You ever had problems in your life that were good problems? That sounds weird. We have a good problem. And here's our good problem. You can turn around and look right now in this building. We are out of room. We are out of room. It's a good problem to have. I know of a lot of churches that would love to have this problem, but we're out of room. We believe God has called us to do some amazing, extraordinary things, but we don't have the space to accomplish it. What I mean by that is this. We would love to have things on Wednesday nights where we're discipling people, but we struggle to have groups because we don't have enough space in this building, in this sanctuary right now. They say that if you get above 70%, it used to be 80% before COVID, now it's dropped down to 70% because people like social distancing. If you get to 70%, then people won't come back. We've had people come visit a service, and if it's too full, they'll leave and not come back. And, and, and we have regularly in our second service over 80 to 90% capacity in this service, anywhere from 60 to 75% capacity in this service in both of our services it's a good problem to have but it's a problem so in January stick with me through all of this I got to tell you a lot of stuff and we'll get to where we're going in January we decided how are we gonna fix this problem what are we gonna do and so we proposed and I even showed a picture I believe that we, we could build a building right here on this property we have a little over five acres of land we could build a building everything else would be parking we could concrete everything else our parking lot uh, I mean our group that mows the grass was all for this they were voting yes for this and we could parking lot the rest and we'd have enough room if we parking lot the rest if we build a 600 seat sanctuary right here we'd have enough room with two services to hold a lot more people and we can do this and we're excited about this and then if some of you know we've been waiting for years for this one decision they are putting an on and off ramp right here on the interstate so we've been waiting for years we've kind of been handcuffed because we didn't know how much land they were going to take and so we've been waiting trying to find out and we found out just a little while ago that they are literally taking our entire back parking lot it will be gone by next year there will be a fence that goes right on the other side of our youth building and so all of this back here, where we park sometimes up to 80 cars every Sunday, will be completely gone. So because of that, it's kind of put us in a place, and we're, we're in negotiations right now. They will pay us for that. It's not that, but what it does more than just paying us, it gets us to a place where, so we, had, we went back to the same architect that did the building, and we said, okay, if this land is gone, and we have a building over here, what else can we do with the rest of the land? We can, over here where the volleyball court is at, we'll make that parking. What can we do? And he looked at everything, brought us back the drawings, and said, you can only fit 160 cars on the rest of your property if you put a building right there. Some Sundays, in one service alone, we'll have 180 cars 
So that wouldn't be enough space to have the people and, and, and be able to stay here. So the, the problem has become, what do we do next? God, you're doing something. God, you're moving. But we don't know what that looks like. How do we, what do we do? We want to reach more people. We are, we, we, I'll say this again next week, but we have seen 111 people baptized this year alone. Since January, we've seen God do that. We are in the middle of a revival of God ministering and moving, but we are handcuffed because we want to meet, reach more people. We want to do more things, but we can't build here. We can't do anything. What are we supposed to do? What is our next? And here's the thing. I feel like God doesn't always tell us the whole picture. He doesn't say, if you'll do this, this will equal this. He says, just take a step. Just do one thing that I've asked you to do. And if you'll do one thing, then I will take care of the rest. I will do that, but you've got to do one thing. So we're actually doing two things okay and, and, we're, and, we're, and we're trying to figure out how do we do this how do we fix this problem and, and the way we're going to do it is two things and one is immediate and one is a little bit more long term the one in immediate is this October 1st so not tomorrow everybody say October 1st I don't want you to get confused on the times October 1st for the time being we're going to actually go to three services we're going to have an 8.15, a 9.45, and an 11.15. So our times will change a little bit, but we're going to three services so that we can fit all the people in that God is bringing in and people have room to experience the power of God and they are comfortable. And so we're going to go to three services beginning October 1st. Once again, we got time to tell everybody, don't show up next week at 8.15. You'll be in here hanging out with the praise and worship team. You can do that if you want to. But if you do that next week, you're going to hear real early. October 1st. We are starting to do that. But here's the second thing. I told you earlier, I'm not a fundraiser, and I'm not. I'm not asking for money. It's not something we do around here very often. But here's the thing. I know, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know where we're supposed to go. I love this place. I've told you, I used to drive by this place when I was in college and look at this building. And I, before I even knew I would ever live in Purcell, Oklahoma, I always loved this place. And I love it now. And I, I, I wish we could stay here. We've looked at every piece of property around here. We've tried all of those avenues. But we don't think there's any way possible for us to be able to stay here and grow. That's just, there's, it's just not possible for the amount of land that we have. And so we don't know what the future looks like. We don't know if that means buying a new piece of property and building a brand new building. We don't know if that means renovating something. We are praying about things and we're trusting God for every step. All we know is one thing, that we're going to have to have some capital to do that. That we're going to have to have finances to be able to do this. We had a church here in town. I don't mind saying who it is. First Baptist. They built about 11 years ago. They built a, all they built was a sanctuary and some classrooms. They already had everything else. So that's not counting kids. That's not counting youth. That's not counting offices. They just built the sanctuary and the classrooms and the lobby and all that stuff. And that building alone was $3 million. That was 11 years ago. So here's our, here's our goal. We want to build so that we can go back to two services. We don't want to do three services forever. Number one, it's a lot of work on people, but also we want people to be connected. We're in a rural community. I love that we're in a small town. I love that. I love being able to go to the grocery store and run into people and talk to people. And we love all those things. So we don't want to lose any of that. So we want people to be connected. So the goal is to find a place where we can get back to two services and have our, our services like we've been having. But in the meantime, until we find that place, we're going to go to three services and we're going to begin to raise capital. Here's the thing for us to do this, we're going to have to raise around $5 million. I can just tell you this in the natural, that is impossible for us. I don't mean that bad. Our church, God, is, God has blessed us tremendously. 
let me tell you this. What I love about our church, and we're going to celebrate this even more next week. What I love about this church is that we minister to people that nobody else wants and they have discarded. We minister to people that the rest of everybody else has rejected and thrown out the window. And we want to be a place that continues to do so. And here's the thing. So a church of our size, of almost 600 people, um, if, you, if you do per capita what, what other churches our size, their, their giving would be a lot different than ours. So from the outside, it looks impossible. How are we going to raise $5 million with what we bring in right now? But you know what God taught me years ago? We were at the old church, and God showed me whenever the little boy brings five loaves and fishes, and there's an old southern gospel song that says this, little is much when God is in it. And you know what? We come to this place right now where we're saying, Lord, this looks impossible. I don't know how we're going to do it, but all we know is we're going to trust. When you, when you leave today, and I, I'm going to preach in just a minute. When, I, when you leave today, you're going to get this. We, we're calling this Growing for the Future, Cultivating Change Together. We're in this together. And we are growing for the future. I believe, listen, I'm glad we've been around 100 years, but I'm so glad that I've been here long enough that, you know what, I've, I've prayed for teenagers that got here when they got saved, and I've already dedicated their children to the Lord. We want to be a church that continues. If God, if God doesn't come back, we want to be here another 100 years. We want this thing to continue so we are growing for the future. What does this mean so that your children and your grandchildren can come to know the Lord? We want to grow to the future because there's still one more person out there that needs to hear the gospel. There's still men that need to be set free from addiction. There's women that need to be set free from addiction. There's still people that feel rejected by church and by the world and they need somewhere they can come in comfortable and be loved and accepted and Landmark Church is going to continue to be a place. This is not about money. Listen to me, I'm not a money person. I don't ask you for money much because I don't want to be a church. We're always trying to pull on people's pocketbooks. I'm just telling you this, what God wants to do here is greater than we can ever imagine and we're going to need some help getting there but the same God that got us here is the same God that's going to get us to the next place amen when you leave today in the lobby in a little while there is a there is a, a picture out there that it, it says uh, um, potential because here's the truth we don't know what the building's going to look like we had some architects draw some stuff we just took a picture out there we don't know what it's going to look like so don't say I thought it was looking like that potential potential new look but on there, there's two QR codes. One of them goes straightly to a giving page. You can go out there and do that, and you can give. The other one goes to a website where we have laid out what we're trying to do. And I speak on there. Uh, Philip and Lisa Billy, Miss Lisa has, has done a lot of campaigns over the years. So she's agreed to help us lead this campaign and understand that. How do we do that? Because once again, I'm not a fundraiser. And so they speak on there. Nikki Stedman gives her testimony because we just want to show people that we're a church, that we're not just talking about what we did before, that God is doing this right now in the moment. This thing just gives you a chance to say if you want to give once, if you want to give weekly, monthly, annually, um, and we'll talk about this more later on. It gives you a gift schedule chart. But here's what we're asking you to do. I'm asking you to do four things. Are you with me this morning? Four things. Number one, I'm asking you to pray. Pray. I, listen, we need your faith. We can't do this by ourselves. And by we, I mean me, the staff, whoever. We need to do this. We are doing this together.
and we need you to pray. I believe God can open up doors. I believe God can do the miraculous. I believe God can do miracles. I have a church in, that I follow in, 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 in uh, Tennessee, and, and the guy said, a pa- the pastor said somebody called him one day and said, we want to give you $8 million to your church. And he said, I'm thinking it's one of those scams from overseas, but I looked it up, and it was somebody here in the United States, and it was legit, knew the person, find, come to find out he had met the person, all this stuff. But he said he got on an airplane, actually coming to Oklahoma City, he's in Tennessee. He said, I got on an airplane, and we had given them our church's routing number for them to deposit the money. And he said, I told somebody, back then you didn't have all that you couldn't get on the internet on the plane. And he said, I'm going to land, and either they're going to wipe out everything that we've got, or the money's going to be there. And when he landed, the money was in the bank account. And in one, one, one time, God took care of that. I believe God can do the miraculous in our midst. I believe God can do the amazing things, but I believe we've got to be in this together. I need you to pray. Pray for strength. Pray for guidance. Pray for wisdom. Pray for the favor of God. This church over the last 15 years has had the favor of God in so many ways. I know moving, listen, I, I would, once again, I'd rather stay here and be able to get off the interstate very quickly. That'd be a blessing. I get all that. But here's the thing. God had favor us moving here, and I believe whatever is our next, God's going to give us favor for that. Eventually, let me just let this in because some people are going to ask this. Eventually, we, if we can sell this and get money for it but for us to get the prime money that we need you actually have to see the ramps in place um, that's what we've been told by a lot of experts that a, a business won't come in here until they see that it's actually going to happen to pay top dollar well that may be a couple of years so what do we do in the meantime we're, right now we're going to pray and trust God number one I need you to pray with me number two I need you to give no number two I need you to serve I'm sorry <laughs> I'm getting to that serve sorry I need you to serve. Going to three services is not easy as taxing on volunteers. We need you to serve. Listen, when you serve, you are making room for somebody else to be able to hear the gospel. When you serve in kids' ministry, you're making room for a parent to be able to come in here and just to be able to sit for a few moments and think and not have all the distractions going on and focus. And that may be the very day that person hears the power of the gospel and they lift their hands up. They say, I want to be saved. I want to be baptized. And you know what created that? You serving. When you serve in the parking lot, which we're going to desperately need because people are going to be coming and going at three services, you are making room for people to comfortably come in the, the church and leave and you're making room you're welcoming somebody somebody has had a bad week and the moment they get out of that car and somebody says hey it's so good to see you at church today their countenance begins to lift up and they become encouraged because now somebody is serving them somebody's making a difference and they walk in here with a good attitude they walk in here ready and they hear about something and God does the miraculous in their life by serving you are making a difference in somebody else's life I need you to pray but I need you to serve I need you to step up and say, we will serve, we will make a difference, and we will tell you how to do that soon. Amen. Number three, I do need you to give. And once again, this is not the easiest thing for me, but I need you to give. But I love this. My dad told me years ago they raised money for a building, and he, he, they used this, and I love this. Not all of us can give the same amount of money, and I get that. Not all of us have the, the same bank accounts that can give the same amount. We're not asking for equal gift. But we are asking for equal sacrifice. You can't give the same amount, but we can all sacrifice. We can all say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll stop giving, I'll stop buying this that I just like, that I don't need. 
but I'll, 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 I'll do that so I can sacrifice, so I can give to what God wants to do next. And, and as we do that, we can't all give the same amount, but we can give the same sacrifice. And as we begin to say, okay, I will give, I'll do what I can, every little bit counts. Because you start adding that up and all of a sudden things begin to change and now we have the capital to buy property, we have the capital to build, we have the capital to do what we need. And then number four, I'm asking you to share. I'm asking you to share. Oh, the other QR, or that QR code out there tells you about a link on our website, but I, there's another video that I've done that's just about 20-something seconds long. And maybe there's somebody that you, can, that you know that loves to, is very generous and loves to donate, and you can tell them, hey, listen, watch this video, and if you'll talk to our pastor, he just wants to share the vision with you. Listen, this, this week I was in Montana on a trip with some other pastors and having my devotion, and I love how God knows exactly where we're at when we're there. Amen? I knew, I've been thinking about this day for a long time, having to share these things and saying, Lord, you got to help me know what to do, how to say it, all of that. I'm from Mississippi. I get my words twisted half the time, so i got to make sure I'm saying the right thing. And this week, I'm just praying, saying, Lord, this looks impossible for us. I don't know how it can happen. And this week, just in my prayer time, I'm in the book of Jeremiah, my yearly reading. So I didn't know I was going to get to Jeremiah at this time, at this week of this year. And I'm on track, by the way, okay? I'm not like way behind. So on track, I'm reading my Bible, and I come to this verse in the book of Jeremiah. Let's look at this together, 32, 17. And he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. Nothing. The King James says nothing is impossible for you. And when I began to read this verse, all of a sudden faith began to leap in my heart. Faith began to leap up because I believe this. Tommy Barnett preached a message years ago and it's called this, the miracle is in the house. And his point is God brings you everything you need. God brings the things when you need, when you need it. And I want to tell you right now, number one, in your personal life, some of you walked in here today and things look impossible. You're saying there's no way I can go forward. There's no way I can do what I'm supposed to do. Preacher, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know how things look. You don't know what has been told to me. You don't know what my spouse said to me. You don't know what the doctor said to me. You don't know what my employer said to me. You don't know what I'm going through, but I'm telling you this today. It may look impossible, but what God promises is this. Because of his great power, because of his great name, because of his great ability to have an outstretched arm to reach to us, even in difficult situations, nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is impossible for our God. And Jeremiah says, ah, oh, Lord God, I've realized, you know what? It looks terrible. Jeremiah's in the middle of Babylonian. They're about to be captured by the Babylonians. And Jeremiah's being persecuted, and he's being imprisoned. And he said, ah, oh, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult, too hard for you. And this morning, Landmark Church, I wish I had this. I don't. I wish I could say, get up and say, you know what? We're doing this tomorrow, we're doing this, and we know what the outcome looks like. We got it all laid out for you. We got it all figured out. I don't have that. You know what I got? I got this. And this is a lot better. I got this. And this says, trust and obey. Take a step of faith. Step out 
and let's see what's next. Who knows? I, once again, I'm not telling you, I don't know. Maybe God will open up something here and land will become available. We can stay. I have no idea. All I know is whatever we do, whether it looks like what it looks like having to move, whatever it is, I don't know. I do know this, though. We have to have the means to be able to do it, and God has to make a way. So I'm telling you this. Let's make more room for people to hear the gospel. Let's make room because we are in the middle of a move. We are in the middle of what God is doing now, and we're going to continue to see Him do that. We're going to continue to see people set free and changed. And listen, what I love is this. On the other side of this, there's going to be some kind of story. We're going to be able to stand up and, and thank God for the miracles that He does. We're going to be able to stand up and celebrate one of these days, back in two services together, celebrating how God brought us to a different place. We didn't know what it was going to look like. All we knew is just trust me and obey and I'll build you a place where you can house my glory where the people can come and receive and I believe we're going to be a church that's going to raise people up and send them out we're a church not just to hear I believe in our local audience I believe in our local community I believe in the state of Oklahoma but what God has for us here is even a global vision where we are seeing lives changed on a regular basis around the world amen would you stand to your feet this morning Hey everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.